0: What's up, guys? Welcome to The Strength Connection. I'm Michael Kirkowski and I'm here to connect you with the top minds in the world of strength to share stories, insights, and experiences to help you become stronger every day. We all have different goals, and we all have different desires we want to achieve in our lives, but there's one common denominator for all of us, and that is strength will help with everything now for a time you can grab a free copy of the one day strength challenge it's the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training along with the skill of intuition to help you create design and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com to grab your free copy today So today I had a blast connecting with Abel James. Abel is a New York Times bestselling author, um, musician, as well as the creator and host of the Fat-Burning Man Show. It's the number one health podcast in eight countries with over 50 million downloads and over 2,000 five-star reviews. So I had a chance to connect with Abel a while ago on the Breakthrough Secrets podcast when we went into his origin story of how he got into health and fitness, how he Uh, personally changed his whole life through the Wild Diet, which he created, as well as being on ABC TV, on uh, their shows, as well as starting his own podcast. So Abel's one of those guys that's like a renaissance man. He is in so many different areas of creativity and achieves a high level of success in all of them. It's always a blast connecting with him. And today we really dove into a lot of different avenues, starting with the time when Uh, him and his wife were in a very, very tough time with carbon monoxide poisoning and what the lessons that he learned from going through that ordeal into the work with his music of how creative expression and opening up those avenues in your mind can help with almost everything else that you do and really uh, utilizing the elements as well. um, And just our Uh, just earth in general, just to become stronger, healthier, happier. Uh, It just was just a blast of a conversation uh, with Abel. I always get so much from consuming his content and connecting with him. And I know you're going to do the same. So uh, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you on the inside. Mr. Abel James, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, man. It's great to see you again. So it's been a little while. Yeah, but uh, a lot lot has happened, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That is an understatement. I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, no, I appreciate your time. It's always a blast uh, connecting with you. No, I said, you've got to be that person. Probably the hardest question you have to answer to people is what do you actually do? Because you do a million things (laughs) all the time. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) It's more actually, to be even more accurate about that, I do like bursts mm-hmm. of a few things for a while and then I just totally don't do them for a while yeah. until I get the energy to do it again. And then I just like do this this other burst, but it appears from the outside because we, we kind of drip things out or sometimes mm-hmm. when people read your bio, they read 10 or 20 years in the paragraph, right? Yeah. And so it sounds like it all happened at the same time, but it, I think it's really important in to know that one of the strategies is definitely like today I have like seven recordings mm-hmm. so that I don't have to record every single day of the yep. week. But mm-hmm. in order to have that kind of like productivity, you need to build up to it and kind of plan for it and then perform that day. Mm-hmm. Cause like if
0: you're not on, then all of those. Oh, interactions- absolutely. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, you got to be in that right headspace of that mind on that day, you know, to do it. No, I totally get it. And uh no, it is. It's like I remember when we first talked, I mean, seeing everything that you've, you know, accomplished in I mean, the health world from going into coaching with the wild diet, and then with the podcast that you've had, which reached millions now um, into the work of music and books and everything. Uh It's always inspiring to speak to someone like you and be able to to jump in and chat with you, man. So again, thank you so much for your time. And to, to kick this one off, Abel, I know the last time we got into the origin story a lot with your health, but I know not that long ago, you had a pretty big scare with your wife with carbon monoxide poisoning that almost turned very dire um, at yeah. that time, if I remember. And uh, yeah, it's, um, I don't really know much about that story. If you can maybe start us off with what really happened there and kind of go from there. Yeah, it was really really brutal and a super close call um
1: so uh long story short we had just moved to Colorado and we were we had rented a place and um you know it was, it was a pretty nice place and we were paying like a decent amount for it and that's where you know we did all the recordings and the podcasts and stuff like that but the problem was um started to have an issue with the, uh, the boiler, the hot water heater, the thing that supplied not only our hot water, but also the, uh, the hot water that goes through the radiant heat system, like into the floors and that that sort of thing. So it was, uh, I learned later, a, a unit that had been notorious for kind of going wrong. And then once they start to operate with any sort of inefficiency or like with problems as in. Uh, you know a car engine or an RV or a boat when it's not running right, it starts putting off a bunch of exhaust that it shouldn't be. And so in this particular case, carbon monoxide was being released like crazy throughout the house uh, while we slept and it, it crept up through the basement and, and through the first floor, through the walls. And uh, the by law, every place in Colorado, and I think they passed it nationwide, Every, uh, every place that is rented or place of business is required by law to have both a, a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide detector. Right. Uh, this place did not. And <laughs> in a lot of these cases, like when people get poisoned either to death or almost to death, there's almost no repercussions mm-hmm. for this. Uh, you know, whether it's a hotel or whether it's a place that you've rented or, or whatever it is. Um, so... <laughs> We learned a very hard, the hardest way you possibly could that that it's on us to check on everything, no matter where we're sleeping, uh, especially if there's any sort of hot water or boiler or heating system, which every every house or RV right. So anyway, if if those two things hadn't happened, right, like we would have been okay. So if the uh, boiler and furnace had been maintained correctly and it wasn't a unit that was notorious for killing people, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, then we would have been okay. If the place we were renting, if, if they had, you know, dotted all their I's and crossed, you know, if, if they had done every single thing that they should have and that they promised and that they signed off on, then we also would have been fine. And then if we had been carrying our own personal little carbon monoxide detector, which we did, To every place that we stayed after that because they're only like 20 30 bucks you can get a really nice one for 100 bucks Mm -hmm. you know if that had gone off then we wouldn't have all gotten poisoned but because all those things went wrong um while we slept we were inhaling uh a lot of carbon monoxide and and all of the carbon monoxide that you inhale it's basically like huffing on a muffler that's why people die in garages Uh turn on the car you know and they don't have the gas is coming out because what the carbon monoxide does is displace oxygen in your system so all mm-hmm. your cells are taking up this this poisonous toxic substance that basically pushes all of the life-giving oxygen out and kills your cells and it hits your nervous system it's kind of like a, a mild to major concussion that happens like in real time so you start to lose your your higher judgment i had a really hard time getting out of bed and mm-hmm. there were horrible nosebleeds convulsions like all sorts of things were going wrong uh but we still didn't know exactly what it was when it was happening so mm-hmm. it was really scary but anyway we got out of there and um <laughs> it took a big hit in all sorts of different ways uh financially physically and it took 6 months of being sicker than i've ever been you know uh really six six months crazy is it was right before covid that this all happened oh my gosh okay oh uh so it was bizarre we were evacuating our house wearing gas masks like right before COVID. oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but oh man over the course of time we were we were able to heal we uh we Got even more into supplements than we ever had been before. That uh, mm-hmm. IV therapy was huge uh, for helping to detox and make sure that our our system was getting the nutrients that it needed. We did lots of hot soaks and, and heat shock therapy, mm-hmm. um, but more than anything, we were just forced to take some time—not uh, off, but not push it. Because once, mm-hmm. if you've ever had like a major concussion, which I've had, I've had one or two. Mm-hmm. If you try to push it too quickly when you come back, you get hurt even more. Yeah. So that's kind of the equation that we were dealing with for many, many, many months after that, which uh, gave us oh a lot God. of empathy for so many people who have just gone through ruthless stuff from a health perspective. And what's interesting is like when you're when you're poisoned, when you're really sick, uh, when you're morbidly obese with health issues, all these kind of manifest as feeling like the same thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? They yeah. kind of look the same. It doesn't matter what you're poisoned by, whether it was the air or was, you know something else in, in your blood or, or something you ate. It, it kind of looks the same, and so it's hard to track it down. But everyone out there, please, I'm going to put my public service hat on. Yeah, make right. Sure you check your batteries for your smoke detectors and make sure you have carbon monoxide detectors within 15 feet of every bedroom if you possibly can. They're only a few bucks, so it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting um, when, I, when I read that about you is because when I sold to my last home, uh, my realtor was going in and he was asking, he's like, where's your carbon monoxide detector? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah. I, didn't e- I didn't even know what it was. It's just the old ignorance of me. I really did not know what he was talking about. And apparently oh it was goodness, law. Like who knows
1: anything about carbon monoxide aside from what they saw in a movie where one dude like tried to kill himself or something. That's, right? uh, that's right. the
0: only thing you heard from it. And then I started to just actually read about this because I honestly, and this is my own fault because I didn't see it. I didn't realize that there wasn't a detector when I first moved into the place, which was the fault of yeah. the seller before. It was just something that kind exactly. of yeah. went through the cracks on it. you. And I think it's an interesting thing because you think that, like everybody's checking all, you know, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and everything that goes on. So you're like, Oh, well it's the law. So it's going to be there. And I realized that I was living there for a very long time without this monitor in there. And then I started reading about it, of what it can actually do. It's like, Oh shit. Like I'm really lucky that I never had it because it's odorless. Like you can't detect it at all. And you You have no idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it it hit me, my wife and our dog and, um, and our dog was the one who was just like uh vomiting nonstop mm-hmm. and getting like really just like she couldn't get up. And it kinda got her first and then it got the rest of us. But anyway, yeah, yeah it's it's something to, to if there's a fire in your house, there's smoke, you know. But if you're yeah if you're about to die from the air that you're breathing from carbon monoxide, you would have no idea aside from feeling a little off and sleepy. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the really uh, important things to be aware of. If you do have gas <clears throat> and you use it to cook in your kitchen, for example, uh, I've, I've heard, especially after this, so many different stories of other people who have been poisoned by carbon monoxide where it's like uh, the fan isn't on when you're cooking in the kitchen, for example, and you have a gas stove, so many people do this. And for the most part, your body can deal with a little bit mm-hmm. of it and it's okay. You just feel a little sleepy or you get a little headache, not a big deal. But the problem is once you start getting more, you get more and more sleepy. And so if there's a little bit of a leak or if the, or if it starts building up in your apartment or if it's building up in your room mm-hmm. and your not working, oh, I still got to cook. It's not a big deal. Or if people are trying to heat, Right with gas, if their power goes out and they're trying to heat their mm-hmm. house with a gas stove or something like that, and they don't have the off gassing fan, uh-huh. then it builds up. You get sleepier and sleepier till you fall asleep and then you die. And oh. that's a really, really creepy way to go because, like, the more poison you get, the less likely you are to think of getting out of it. Like, it doesn't even occur to you. Yeah.
0: You know? to get out of there. And that's oh, how scary it is. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. So so the dog started to throw up a bit and then, then you and your wife started to get sick. Did Was it start like, was it vomiting first? You said it was nosebleeds too. I mean, it was headache. Was it all kind of at the same time or was it starting to just one thing yeah. kept checking off over the other?
1: Yeah. It, it's It kind of hits you at different rates and like it was only off gassing when it got cold. So a major storm hit is what happened. Mm-hmm. And this... So it got really cold and the malfunctioning heater was just going off like crazy, but not at all times, right? Because like they kind of run intermittently. So that's what you have to watch out for. It's not like a a steady line. It's not always exactly predictable. It can happen to people while they're driving their cars. You know, mm-hmm. it can happen in the cabin oh, right, of all sorts of different vehicles because you don't have proper ventilation. So more than anything, what you want, and we were doing a lot of things, right? We had, um, we had the windows partially open to get airflow. And like, even if you do those things, it can still get to you. So make sure that you always have some sort of flow of, of healthy air and watch the quality of indoor air too, because we get super into air pollution, air quality and all the rest of this after this happened to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so now I test the air all the time. I have a couple of little gadgets and okay. Quality, or lack of quality of the air in hotels in, in um, most places where people work, even in just their own houses, because of the nature of modern uh, carpets and and sofas with flame retardants, Mm -hmm. just volatile organic compounds, VOCs is what they're called. And that's pretty easy to test. Um, But there are so many different other forms of pollution uh, indoors, that the quality of our air is giving us cancer at such like a rapid like, rate, <laughs> it's killing us anyway from so many different directions that uh, you just need to be. I guess I don't want to give the advice to be paranoid, but you can't trust the air that you're breathing in most yeah. in most places, which is so bizarre to have to say that. And ironically, that's why we came to Colorado. That's one of the biggest reasons we came to Colorado from uh, from Texas and some other places, living more. You know, closer to the city for the air
0: purification.
1: Let's the air, let's get out in the mountains. All right, poisoned by the air. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Yeah. Oh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So yeah. Well, it is. I mean, I think it. It's just a. It's such an important story to know because there are some silent killers out there like that, and I, I think they've actually called that of carbon monoxide. It's that silent killer because you can't detect it, and just if you do, if you feel that little bit off in there, and it continues in your body and in your mind, yeah, the air. I mean you know, we take 15,000 breaths a day, if there's something in the air, it might be something that's going. So one thing you said there is you said it kind of forced you and your wife to slow down, you know, to kind of look, was it more of slowing down because you're doing so much with, you know, with work and in the world? Or was it more kind of slowing down physically, like, because you're, you know, working out hard? Was it kind of a combination of both? What did you mean by that? Because I couldn't, I couldn't work out.
1: And Mm -hmm. I couldn't,
0: play guitar. We were sick for
1: a yeah. while. We just couldn't really do anything. And we take for granted that we just kind of chug along and power through, put out a lot of stuff. You know what it's like to have a podcast. It's a yeah. lot of work. And then yeah. on top of that, running a couple of other businesses and, and and all sorts sorts of other things that, that we're always up to when you have to kind of cancel everything and you don't have a place to live. Um uh, <laughs> That's where we were for six months. We mm-hmm. were just hopping from place to place, living out of our uh, pop up camper <laughs> for okay. a while. Just like because uh, even pre COVID, you couldn't find uh, a place last minute during the height of you know like tourist season. Right. You were. Uh, it happened like at the very beginning during a snowstorm. You know at the end of June, it got really cold up at up at elevation in Colorado, so that's when it happened and then all of a sudden we needed to find a new place like every three days or or every week or so if we were lucky um for like the next six months in Colorado with the height of tourist season where every bed is like 200 bucks a night minimum and good luck finding one, you mm-hmm. know, and that's the comfort in or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not like you're living the high life or something. It's like, no, you're like staying in Laquita next to the airport. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, that was, that was bizarre and rough and I wouldn't recommend it for, mm-hmm. for anyone, but it wasn't part of the plan. um, I don't really know how to think about it yet. I haven't had enough time. There's definitely still a lot of trauma built in there that I need to work through. Like every time I think about it, I start hyperventilating a little bit. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. But just to prove that point, you know, the place that we've been renting for the past uh, year or so, um, this was what, three or four, maybe a little long, maybe six months ago. Mm -hmm. The, uh, boiler went out for our radiant heat system and our hot water. And, um, so, you know, I turn on the hot water. It's like, oh, man, we don't have any hot water. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I my walk- God, flashbacks, yeah. I walked yeah. upstairs <laughs> and opened up the door, and I'm, like, shaking, and I walk over to the boiler, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I told Allison, and she starts shaking. She's like, oh, my God. And um, it's just crazy how baked in that is. And you don't even realize it. Um, mm mm-hmm. I lost everything in an apartment fire about eleven or twelve years ago when I first moved to Austin. Oh wow! Okay. Thankfully, you know everyone close to us was okay, and they got the the people out. But uh, every time, you know, I was surrounded by sirens that whole night. I stayed up all night just like by my place that was burning down, Mm -hmm. seeing help people and stuff. But after that, every time I heard a siren, for the next few years, really, Mm a few months was really intense. But the next few years, every time I would start getting the shakes. Yeah. And that's just how it how it happens, even for things as as uh seemingly innocuous as a water boiler.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's those <laughs> invisible scars of life, right? It's like it's not just, you know, something that's on your body. It's like, you know, sometimes you just feel that everybody can see something different. You know, you hear a siren and that immediately goes back to you. And it's you know, I think it's probably I mean, that's just kind of what life is about, of understanding those experiences and learning from them and kind of you know, going from there. Obviously, you don't want anybody to have to go through something like that. But at some point, we do. 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 Everyone goes through their own thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I always, you know, I remember it's, you know, timing is a weird thing in the world. You know, I remember a time when I was at a place when it was the first time I thought about going in a different direction of what I was doing for the last seven, eight years, which this is what I thought was going to be my life for the rest of my life. I built a business up. And it was the first time I started to think, Like, oh, shit, am I really supposed to be doing this? Like, all of a sudden, doubt starts getting into your mind. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Sure enough, like, you know, you get some signs of some different things of what you're going to do. I had somebody reach out to me who became one of my best friends and started working together after that. So you just, you never know what's going to come into your path from these things that are, you know, the tough parts of life that come
1: through. Yeah, absolutely, and it's always about getting back up, right? It's how you how you react, how you respond. Yeah, and all. but it gave me a lot of. Um, I saw a lot of things that I didn't see before. After that, for example, <laughs> we rewatched Top Gun, which is like a ridiculous movie in retrospect. Like I didn't know <laughs> that when I was a kid, but that's exactly what happens. Like at the beginning, um, and I'd totally forgotten this. The guy clams up, you know, like the not not Tom Cruise, but like the other guy who's flying the jet around. He he freaks out. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. flying a jet, and he starts getting the shakes, and he's sweating, and he's like not going into land because he's yep. freaking out. He's out of his mind. And uh, later in the movie, that happens to Tom Cruise after he loses goose after they're, you know um, mm-hmm. after they go down, yep. partner dies, and then Tom Cruise, the best. The best yeah. flyer guy, he can't fly anymore because he's clamming up and he's <laughs> freaking out. And uh, I think it's, it's a really important thing to know that happens to humans, especially in survival scenarios. You actually want to train that in a weird way, right? You, you want to train beyond that. You want to train that out of you. Because when things actually go wrong in your life, you're not well-slept and you're not well-fed and you're not hanging out just like – in your, <laughs> in your perfect running shoes, you know, in your shorts that you like and your yeah. shirt that you've got all your personal best. And that's not how real life happens. And, uh, and when the bad stuff does happen, you want to make sure that you have your head. And so there's, in, in some way, you want to train for this the right way. If you can, you don't want life to do that to you, which it'll try to do anyway, but there are ways to train around that, uh, total incapacitation that a lot of people get when they see a real, threat or when they are mm-hmm. actually injured the freeze right instead of fight right fight, you know it's like there's fight freeze or flight yeah and the vast majority of people in my experience and from a lot of things that i've read they actually freeze They freeze up mm-hmm.
0: yeah they, they hesitate or they'll, mm-hmm.
1: flee, or they'll run toward the danger instead of away from it
0: right yeah uh- you know, it's so interesting too that it's funny that you said that about Top Gun because I've told this to people before about rereading books or rewatching movies and you go through a different experience and then you see it or you read it again and all of a sudden you pick up on something completely different. I just did a, um, you know, just a short kind of rant about different books that I reread again and different things that I highlighted that I didn't catch the first time through. So I think it's like revisiting those things that you could do. You might actually see. A lesson from Tom Cruise as Maverick going through that you didn't see before, right? Or it just it helps you feel better mm-hmm. about it, yeah. right? Like when
1: uh, if you've never really gone through something horrifying, or your body has never been in a near death experience, then you don't have any idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see and understand that a lot of your the people you hold up as as heroes, not that Tom Cruise is a hero, but like mm-hmm. he's the hero in a movie, right? Um, a lot of the archetypes in movies, you know, people, Batman gets his back broken, right? You know, like this stuff happens to these characters and most of us haven't had our back broken. We haven't mm-hmm. had that real knockdown moment. Um, I, I don't want to say most of us haven't had that, but, mm-hmm. but a lot of people haven't. And, and if you haven't, then you don't really see as much until you do. You know, and that's just part of growing up and getting
0: older, and and, and that sort of thing. I guess <laughs> uh, that's no. It is interesting. It's it is like you you don't realize that you can get up from something like that until it actually happens to you. You know, it's like so you do you learn a lot. You learn more from adversity. I mean, I think we all know that, but it's it's uh, a lot of times we don't volunt- It's we don't voluntarily go into those situations. You know, you don't you know voluntarily put carbon monoxide in your house and say, oh, let me see if I can overcome this. You know, but A lot of times you realize that you're a lot stronger than you actually are. You know, it's the whole burn the boats thing. Like if you really want to succeed, you know, don't give yourself that out from there. All of a sudden you realize how capable you are of doing a lot of stuff in this world. Yeah. And the biggest worry is that like you'll get hit and never be able to get back to where you were, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Like Tom Brady, when he got his knee blown out in that horrifying injury, they're like, oh, he's never going to play again. He's never going to be the same Tom Brady. And then, you know, like 30 (laughs) years later... Um <laughs> exactly. It, and and when you look at a lot of the careers, many people have come back from crazy injuries. And so it, it also begs the question: are you, you know, the product of all of the years of your experiences? Um, is that what your your skills and talents look like on a day-to-day basis, or is it what your day-to-day practices look like? look like does that kind of manifest into the person you are no matter what your past injuries Mm -hmm. were so as long as you can get back to training at a high level then you can surpass where you were before and Mm -hmm. as as long as you can train around that injury or or get past that injury to some degree um, you can surpass the performance or or the the type of thing that you were doing before in a lot of ways and so that's what I've tried to do with music I'm just like Mm -hmm. all right if I can't get back to where I was then I have permanent nervous system damage. <laughs> okay, right. and I had to like wrestle with that for a while because I, I did have damage for a few weeks, and mm-hmm. I could not do the things that I know that I do, and I've been doing for decades, like on guitar and other instruments. Mm-hmm. And it scared scared me so much.
0: Really, was it more from the physical, like you couldn't like like you couldn't get like the chords and stuff like with your hands, or was it more of the mental side of it? Yeah, it, was the, it was the well. When I had a little bit of carbon monoxide in my system,
1: it was both. It was mental. Mm -hmm. and physical after a few weeks or a few, a few months, even after a few weeks, it was physical. And then after a few months, it was deconditioning because that's what happens when you're not able to keep up your level of training, whether it's fitness or music or whatever, um, you become deconditioned pretty quickly within a few weeks, certainly a few months. So then I had to deal with the deconditioning physically. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the way that I pushed through that is just by, uh, dedicating myself to learning how to play jazz piano, like basically going as hard as I could. Like okay. The difficult things that, that wouldn't be fun, but it's like, hey, this is a fun test. Like, can I sprint as fast as I used to be able to sprint? Can I still run? Can I still like, do these things? And, and it's helped me appreciate that I think more than the lifetime of practice that you, like it doesn't matter that I've been playing guitar for 25 years. Or mm-hmm. It matters that I've been waking up every day and like running scales for 20 minutes. That's what actually matters. Um, okay. The truth is that it's a combination of those things, but I think people don't appreciate how much the day-to-day practice applies to art, applies to your skills, your crafts, whatever you're working on. You can get better if you just work on it every day, I realized like, when was, when was I like best at the highest level of, of playing guitar or, or playing mm-hmm. a different instrument? Was it high school? Was it college? What was I doing? Then? Oh, I was training like two to four hours a day. Right. Like I was better then. Cause I'm playing like not even most days now. Like how, how could I possibly expect myself to be better? You know, when I'm playing 20 minutes a day, right. Um, was When I was playing four hours yeah. a day. And so it, that I learned from fitness more than mm-hmm. anything. Because well, it's it, not it, that clean, but it's something like that.
0: Yeah, well, it's an interesting, um, you know, point you bring up there because I just had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Adam Glass, who is, uh, you know, you know, some of the strongest hands in the world. He's just ridiculous in arm lifting, and he's training every single day. You know, yeah. and there's so much stuff in your head about oh you you know, train three, four days a week, you know, and minimize it down. You need the rest and recovery when he's like, I'm training every day. It's like listening to your body and I'm but kind of the same. Specialized. You want to get right? Like exactly. You
1: really want to specialize. You got to do it every day for a while.
0: And then yeah, yeah like, deload every once in a while, but you have to really commit. But it's something with fitness, like, especially if like, if you want to commit to it, it's like, if you can do something every day, like the foundational, like the scales. And one of my favorite stories I remember I read was, you know, Sidney Crosby from the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, he was, and this was coming off in these MVP of the NHL playing hockey and he went back to his old, uh, he went back to his old hometown in Canada and there's an outdoor rink and some kid who was, I think one of the best. Uh, high school players at the time was just out there just running some drills and Sidney Crosby comes up and the kid's like you know starstruck like oh my gosh it's you know Michael Jordan of hockey here it's Sidney Crosby and he's like hey you mind if I play with you he's like oh yeah absolutely come on in Sid and he laced up and he said he saw Sidney Crosby just going through like 60 minutes of just remedial skating drills, things that you would learn in peewees when you're six or seven years old, just getting his edges. Like I think he didn't even like have a, he didn't even have a stick with them in the first 20 minutes, just getting his edges down, just practicing these fundamentals over and over again. And the kid finally went up there like, cause he thought he was going to see him do the crazy things like that. He goes, put it through his legs and do all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, you just went through like all these foundational drills over and over again. And he's like, If you, you know, if you think you are above the foundations, it's like they're going to go and they're going to rot from you really quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, everyone wants to be practicing the special moves, right? Like everyone wants the whiz bang firecrackers (laughs) type thing. But more often, you know, the people who are at the top of their game are, are training you know that's yeah. what training is—is yeah. is practicing the fundamentals. And as soon as you stop practicing the fundamentals, I mean, there is debate about this. We can go back to the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was everyone is just like Charles Barkley. You have to practice. He's just like, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have well, to yeah. like stay in shape, Sir Charles. And he's like, no, I don't. I'll get fat if I want to. I'm still fast. I'll still, you know. Oh, and I don't. Yeah. So yes, but was he Michael Jordan? No, and michael jordan was so obsessive from what i understand and i don't really know but it mm-hmm. seems to me that he was so obsessive about wanting to get better but that he ran out of
0: basketball to get better at for a while yeah. so he had to just, <laughs> just like, had to go, go to play, play yeah go play some baseball what? yeah
1: yeah he is that, we and we have
0: those football. i think we have those examples out there too of the the charles barkley's in the world and you see this in different ones that there are always going to be some outliers that can get away with shit that me and you can't get away with. It's like, right. but the average, but then you look at. But he, had, tr- he had also been playing basketball probably for 10
1: hours a day oh, for yeah. 15 years at the point there was, that he's like, I don't need to practice anymore. And that, that also applies to music. It's like once you reach a certain level, you can get away with not practicing, but you will never be as good as if you kept up Exactly. Those. Fundamentals. You will never be as good like that. Charles Barkley. I love I. his persona is hilarious. Like he was one of my favorite guys mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. Generally. But like he would have been unquestionably a better basketball player if he had been finding his edges every yep. day even in, yeah. you know, in the later stages. Yeah. Well, that was
0: the famous line from Kobe Bryant when someone asked him about Shaquille O'Neal. He said, if Shaq had your work ethic, what would yeah. he have been? And he said he would have been the greatest of all time, hands down. We wouldn't have been talking about anybody else. Yeah. So it is, you can get away with a lot of stuff when you have that level of talent. But if you still apply the practice, the daily foundational practice of it, then you're even gonna go even farther from there. And you can see that. And, you know, I'm glad you just brought up uh, the aspect of music, because I know that's something that's so, you know, big in your life. And I've, I just, the aspect of the creative side of, of who we are, especially in the arts, I find so much benefit from too. But if you could talk a little bit about how you found music, like, and kind of the hidden benefits from it, because I believe you also wrote a book, The Musical Brain, which is more about the origins of music in yeah. life, correctly?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I come at, this and health and a mm-hmm. lot of things from kind of i've i've been a musician as long as i can remember because mm-hmm. when i was a little kid uh, i was really shy and yeah i played some sports but was never serious about it I'm, I'm talking like little kid mm-hmm. and so the first time that i ever like met people and like got out there was was playing cl- clarinet at diners and and mm-hmm. little restaurants around town at eight or nine years old and playing like christmas songs at the little local mall and you know So that always was kind of the way that I (laughs) interfaced with the world and it felt more comfortable at least back then. And sometimes now than English, which is not the most effective thing for communication as it turns Mm -hmm. out, or communicating meaningful emotions, if that makes sense. Like you can transmit emotions or help people feel something, help them get through something, connect with them, music, dance and, and arts. That's what it is. It's about like making your spirit feel alive right about connection. It's about something that's more real than the news or just conversation, boring chit chat conversation. And so music is something that I've, that has always kind of been there in a way that I want to play. And I've had serious bouts of kind of taking my energy away from music and playing like, my podcast, when I started that, I had previously for the first, yeah, for about two years, been playing like 300 plus shows. Um, sometimes just solo, sometimes me in a duo playing guitar and singing electric guitar, Sometimes saxophones with whole bands and all the rest of it. And so after throwing all my weight into that for so long, I burnt myself out and wanted to try Mm -hmm. something else. And And that's where the podcast came from, but it was as a musician not as like some health expert right (laughs) and it's so like strange and funny how that happens because like now people ask they're they're like um well you do music as a hobby right and i'm and it's so weird because i started health as a hobby and i don't know which one is the hobby i don't right I i don't think it really matters but but everyone shouldn't be so cavalier with that dividing line saying right I am a singer, i'm not a singer i am a musician i'm not a musician because it doesn't matter like i just <laughs> uh talked to last week bob harper for the first time who was the oh wow well, okay loser yeah um and and it, what a great guy like i had a, an amazing conversation with him but what surprised me probably the most was how artistically inclined he is like mm-hmm. yes he's He's been on like 17 or 18 seasons of uh, the Biggest Loser as a trainer, as a mm-hmm. coach, head guy, and and all the rest of it. But what he really cares about, it seems to be, is uh, street photography and portrait photography. He is a skilled, amazing photographer who and just that- like, is obsessed with Leica cameras. And his you know his social media accounts for the, you know the Bob Harper, the trainer or whatever, mm-hmm. has oodles and oodles of people. But for his street photography account, I don't know, 8,000 people or something. Oh, my <laughs> that. God. That's We're so funny. i following him. And this is what he cares about. Yeah, you know? And there's so much art there. He's so talented. It's so mm-hmm. good. It helps me appreciate, though, how many people are like the same thing with Sean T and dancing. Uh-huh. T, the trainer yep. uh-huh. and motivator, really started out as a dancer. And that's still to this day. He loves dancing. And so coming up with different fitness moves are dances for him. It's his yeah. creative outlet. Tony Horton I talked to mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Legend these are legends in my mind. Yeah. And like reading through his stuff and and going through some of his work, I'm like, how does he come up with, you know, like 20 new exercises every day? Like I, I would never do that. That's why would I ever do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. And it's because he sees it as his creative outlet and everything is another way to use his body and move through through this world creatively Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be music it doesn't have to be photography it doesn't have to dance uh it could be any combination of any of these things and we just need to find that creative spark that that helps us feel alive and be bad at the other things too right like i try photography i I tried a little dance and i tried you know like some people they play music and it really sticks some people dance and it really sticks some people right Right. So just find your thing. Bounce around. I, I like sketching. And it's important to be bad at things, too, because once you've been doing something for long enough, you get the Michael Jordan effect where if you've reached a level of mastery, it's not fun anymore. Or yeah. You have to find a way to make it fun because, like, there's no there's no challenge once once the challenge is gone. And once you stop seeing that daily, hopefully progress or weekly or monthly progress. You don't want to be stuck in a at a plateau of mastery. That's why it's right. so fun to learn new instruments that I'm bad at and try to get closer to a level of mastery cuz you can never actually get there. As good oh, as yeah, you exactly. Can, you can specialize more and you might be good at like certain things, but you're never going to be the best generalist. That's not a thing. You're right. always going to be kind of bad.
0: That's it is interesting cuz it's there's such a joy when you of becoming a beginner in something. You know, especially if you have got towards a mastery level in something where you're in that and people view you with that. And I think that's the thing is we, we love to label, you know, people as like, oh, you are this or you are this. And then because we think that, and I think sometimes too, in our, just in the, in the world that we have, like there's so much pressure towards if you're good at something and you want to be the best at it, you have to put every ounce of every fiber of your focus and your thought process into that. I remember I used to, work like that. If you want to build a really successful business, you just have to be in it every second of the day. And when I first learned this, I was in my early 20s when there was a whole lot of energy that you can put towards that. And you had a little bit of energy left on other things. Realizing that finding that creative expression, kind of like with Bob Harper, people will know him as, oh, he's the biggest loser guy. And naturally we think, well, then anything that the biggest loser has, he has to be thinking exactly like that. It's like he probably has some different thoughts about it, realizing yeah. like, well, no, his creative expression is actually getting into photography. And that might actually... Yeah, he doesn't start. like being in camera, he yeah. told me.
1: I'm like, I don't like being on camera. He's like, I don't like being on camera either. it's <laughs> yeah, but it's just kind of part of the deal. <laughs> like,
0: it is. Wow.
1: That, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many people are actually like that. And that comforts me because... Uh, you kind of have this idea of who these people are, and it's nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> They're so much more creative, so much more down to earth, so much more um, congenial in a lot yeah. of the cases. Like uh, the people who you see on TV and how they act on TV in real life, I've actually been really impressed by how mm-hmm. good of people they are, and and that's, that's encouraging.
0: <laughs> that's well, it's it's interesting too, just on the. On the note, too, of that creative side of like Shantee T with exercise, where um I had a great conversation a little while ago with James Fuller. He's the strongman archaeologist. He's like an encyclopedia of old school strong, <laughs> yeah. old time strongman training. And he's he's inventing new exercises like every day. You can even see it. And he's just putting so much content out to the world of just doing different things. And naturally, if you don't know anything about it and you're just kind of ignorant to your training, you would look like, what the heck is this guy doing? It's like, right. hes it looks like the most bizarre things. But he said, from just doing that, like some things you come up with and you're like, yeah, that doesn't do anything. But I tried it. Other things, he's like, this has been the best exercise that I've done recently. He said one of the things to that almost cured his like neck issues because he was always cracking his neck, started doing seated bent presses with a barbell Of just all of a sudden, just naturally just move. So there's just, there's so many different like answers that we can find of the things that we need to do in this world. But sometimes they're not just logically out there. Finding that creative avenue to get into it all of a sudden opens up new ideas into doing stuff that, you know, maybe is your vocation. Maybe you are a coach or a trainer or whatever you do, but actually jumping into photography or getting into writing or podcasting or something actually opens up new ideas so you can do that even better
1: yeah i think my my health podcast would have been really boring if i weren't playing music like the whole time yeah and training in music pretty much the whole time because i see the similarities i see the the things that i see my weaknesses in fitness from playing music from train not playing but from training in music right so like practicing a scale with your fingers on on piano, on mm-hmm. down, right? Or, or guitar or whatever, it's even your voice. That's a very athletic activity. And if you're messing up your form, how is that different than messing up, you know, your barbell form mm-hmm. or, or your form yeah. of the sprint? And if you're sprinting the same time, um, like if if I woke up and just ran the same fundamental drill in exactly the same way every day, on on piano or guitar, I would not, I'd get better at that. I get solid, but that's about it. Like, yeah, in order to play fast, you have to play slow first Mm -hmm. and then you have to play fast and you have to practice like both of those things. So you have to work on your, your form and your body sensing, right? You need to correct your mistakes and uh, you also need to actively look at how to get better. And I'm better at doing this with music than Mm -hmm. I am. At my own fitness, um, maybe it's because I care about progressing more. Uh, in in some ways, because music is a, it tends to be a lifelong activity where mm-hmm. you're not so much limited by your physical capabilities until you, maybe you get arthritis or or something later. Right. Compared to you know if you want to be the best basketball player forever, all right, maybe until your 30s, but like then you kind of have to right. switch to your
0: plan mm-hmm. a little bit, right? So. Well, I, you, you know, I think, to, I think to, too, yeah, I think, too, with that, like, it's almost, um, like, I've kind of thought a lot about this with programming, you know, a couple of good friends of mine, um, Adam and Frankie, who built the biofeedback program is all about, like, intuitive training, where it's like, because everybody is like, do I follow a specific program? Oh, it's a new six week program or something. And it's like, you just follow it to a T, realizing yeah. like, it might not actually be the best thing for you. Maybe there's some pieces of it that work well. But I think where, where I've kind of seen it, it's almost kind of like why so many people like sports and like music is because there's some boundaries that you have to stay within. It's kind of like being on the court, but inside that court, you can be as creative as possible within those rules. So that's kind of, I think even like the thing with music, it's like, it's not just a free for all. You're not just playing any note at any time. You're staying, you're staying within some rules But within those rules, you're being as creative as you can. And that's, I think, what really excites us and what makes me wakes us feel alive is that we're still following the rules of the game. But we just found a new way to be creative personally for us to find that avenue. And then it's like your own, then you own it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one way I like to do that with with fitness is the elements can be the challenge, right? Like if (laughs) sometimes if you train in an outside environment that's tough enough, like up in the mountains or something. Sometimes you don't need to challenge yourself uh, mentally to come up with that strategic programming because the mountain will just kick you. Yes. <laughs> like, like if you're gonna go out and sprint, like you know how to do you know when you're not giving it your all, right? Yeah. Like or if you sloppy form and all this stuff. So it's some we need to be honest with ourselves, not to just coast. Um when it's easy to, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you really want to get better, you need you need to challenge your habits too. You need to add some surprises in there. You need to add some sort of other element that makes it really hard. I was talking to um some special operator trainer guys um who are going to be on my podcast soon. Craig and, and Jonathan are their names. And they talk about how to train uh some of the elites of the military to get through that training because not mm-hmm. percent of them fail right you know, just off the street or or from the military so they they try to train kind of one piece at a time you do movements nice and slow with good form you learn the form and then you have to do it faster you know with with other elements with people yelling at you or you have to run over here in the middle of it or you're already exhausted and then you have to do it or you're underslept or you haven't eaten or you have like a 75 pounds on your back. And then you have to do it with perfect form. Hmm. Um, but if you try to do all those things at the beginning, if you try to do all your special Michael Jordan moves, you know, behind the back through the legs and then try to make a swish, like it's not going to work if you do all those things at once. And so exactly. the way you actually do training is by, by really getting your ego out of the way. Cause that's the biggest challenge because we all know that we should do this, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to take your ego out and be like, okay, I'm going to do this really slow. Let's get back to the fundamentals. And then we can see if I can pull that special move off by the end of this little training session.
0: Right. That's all. No, it is. It's like, it's adding the element, adding that element of surprise in there as well. You know, I think that's, that's the thing I think just being, it's tough sometimes too, because I'm, I'm in this world every day of health and fitness. So a lot of times I think like this is the norm thoughts of like, you know, yeah. eating, you, know, eat, you know, eating whole foods, you know, going for walks, getting 10,000 steps. It's like, I know that's still a lot. It's very foreign to a lot of people, but it is like those, those habits and building that in is something that we all need to do. But at the same time too, it's like you can add those elements, those new elements of surprise in there. And that kind of makes it exciting and fun too. Cause it is, we need to learn the foundations. If you're just learning how to play basketball, you need to learn how to dribble with both hands. You do the cone drills and stuff like that. Yeah. But then, okay, let's let's scrimmage this out. Go and just be creative. And take all the things that you did and go and play. So it's kind of reward yourself in that too. And yeah, yeah and I think, um, yeah, just, you know, I would encourage people too. Like last year when COVID came around, the creative stuff that I started doing was writing more and getting back into drawing. And it's like, yeah it's kind of getting back into it. Like the first few times you do it, it's like, nothing's really coming through. It's like, you're just kind of getting back into the groove of writing every day. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I can write that. I can move through this. And it starts to, it starts to build. And I think it comes back pretty quickly. And when you're doing it where it's really kind of making you feel alive, like for you, it's music for other people. It's, you know, it's sports or it's, you know, writing or it's photography and stuff. And if you find that avenue, it seems like it just improves everything so much. And I don't think it's getting enough, you know, credit for what it does for our culture. And I just think it needs to be broadcast a lot more. I I honestly believe that people uh, used to be a lot more, I'm going to use air
1: quotes, talented. People used to have a lot more talent than they do now. Like my I didn't even know this, but my grandmother, my great aunt and a bunch of my aunts all played the piano at like, pretty good level and instead of listening to the radio or watching tv in generations before and and some of my family they would play music together like they all would it wasn't something that you know the musician of the family played and entertained everybody no it's that was what people did for entertainment Mm -hmm. they didn't have tv phones radio and and before that they were the entertainment they combined they entertained each other right on just one of them who was the specialized one who you had to like set up a tip jar for and then pay in some way so I think it, it kind of sucks that it's almost impossible to make a living without selling your soul in the arts uh, for mm. most people today but with all of the time that people are on these devices not really learning anything or accomplishing anything if you're willing to put your, your phone and your tablet and your computer away for one or two hours a day. That sounds like a lot, but it's really not. If you look at how much time most people are wasting. Uh, and, and you just for a couple of weeks or a few months, you wake up most days and you don't go to sleep until you've, you know, put some time in, you're going to get better. That's like, people wonder why kids get better at things. It's because they spend like hours a day. Practicing, and yeah. they don't complain about it a lot of the time because they're kids and they're supposed to be learning and they're supposed to be playing and practicing. uh It's only bizarre when adults start practicing. It's just like, why are you practicing piano scales? Like, aren't you a grown up now? Like, what are you doing? No, no, no. It it should be the other way around. I think you're not a grown up unless you can continue learning. Right? Like, that's- absolutely. Yeah. There, there should be no dividing line between kids and grownups in that sense. Uh, and I think most people are shortchanging themselves by consuming so much and creating so little. And it doesn't take much training, you know, um, on guitar or piano or on a sketchbook or whatever to just have fun with it. And exactly. it does take training to get to like a professional level or mastery. But that's not the point like for almost any of us. You know, even Michael Jordan sucks at basketball now. He could beat me, right? But like, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't. That's that's not the point. And and so make sure that you're using your energy uh, in the right way, hopefully creatively, and not just having it siphoned from you day after day as soon as you wake up, because that's pretty much what happens with all these devices. At this point, we can acknowledge that <laughs> that most of us yeah. are wasting
0: too much of our time and not really building enough skills. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I think just It's that consuming versus creating. I think you put it exactly there. And you know, what's the cool thing about it too, is if you take a little bit of that time away from consuming, put just a little bit into creating, it's like really addictive. Like when you start creating things for yourself and you want to do more of that. That's why I think, you know, I used to joke all the time uh, when I worked at an old place, uh, in health and fitness where you would see people the first day they would walk in my office was right where everybody had to go and scan their barcode to get into the gym. And you would see people who were really committed, they started to really just put that investment into themselves. You wouldn't see their body language as they walked in and swipe their car change, like no, virtually okay. like day after day, you'd see wow. like the hesitation because it's something very new. Then all of a sudden they realized that they were coming in and they were building something within themselves. There's like a confidence that comes with that. And, you know, it's like, it's not something that you need to, you know, become the next Jimi Hendrix on the guitar. It's like, but if it's something you've always wanted to do, like go and play with it. It's kind of like you said, like, yeah, we have all these like lessons that we sign our kids up for for music and sports and stuff. It's like, yes, it do just go out and play and learn something new and just take a little bit of that time. It's just, it's gonna do so much more for you. And I just, I couldn't express it enough.
1: Yeah. And it's, I'm really sincere when I say it's taught me so much about, you know, fitness has taught me so much about music and music has taught me so much about fitness. I don't know where I'd be with either one mm-hmm. if I hadn't really put in the time and seen the benefit from putting in the time and also setting up your training correctly. Cause what mm. you said before, it's like practicing your fundamentals. First, like every day for a bit, but not too long. Not the only thing you're mm-hmm. doing. You don't want to just be doing you're not gonna be Michael Phelps just doing push-ups next to the pool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to you have to reward yourself at the end mm-hmm. uh with, with something that's more like play. Yeah. And you also need to adjust your whatever you're uh, practicing and, and training in, you need to adjust that to make it harder or different pretty regularly and that takes a lot of work but you can't for me anyway i have a hard time doing that um in real time right it's it's hard to know how to challenge yourself and come up with the next little technique to work on or the next little thing that you're going to do unless you've kind of pre-programmed that out Mm -hmm. so there needs to there needs to be showing up every day and and doing your fundamentals but also some level of programming and that's that's why coaches are so important because Mm -hmm. if you really want to get better then, um, yes, some people can kind of do that on their own, especially if they're at a certain level, but coaches are so beneficial for not telling you everything that you need to do, but making sure that you're adjusting appropriately so that you continue to get better.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So what are you working on right now? I know you got always a bunch of things that's in the works. Anything new that you're kind of working on or is it just kind of, you know, sharpening the saw of everything that you're doing?
1: Yeah, it has been sharpening, but uh, I'm going to be popping up my head again soon with all sorts of different creative projects. I've been co-writing uh, with one of my good friends from, from Cambridge, some music that'll be coming out. The thing is, it's like, it's hard to know exactly what form to release things in now. Is it, is it, Is background music on my podcast, does that count as music? Like, should I release it as a CD? Mm -hmm. Is it an NFT now? Like, what, what, I don't know exactly what music will look like, but there will be a lot more coming out. And then we also have, um, blue blocking glasses that we'll be releasing in the next few months, which I'm really excited about. Okay. I, I haven't even really talked about that much before, but light, um, and how it enters into, healing recovery red light and near infrared light has been a big interest uh of mine for the Mm -hmm. past few years and so um blue light blocking glasses and different sorts of gadgets that you can use to help heal with light or alter your performance is definitely something that we're looking at but you know still chugging out with the podcasts and you know going around doing interviews and that sort of thing i will be
0: writing another book but i don't feel like doing it anytime soon (laughs) Too many other things just to play with right now, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, no, I know it's, uh, I know you're huge into biohacks too. So we'll have to have you back on and uh, we'll go into yeah, to that stuff too because I'm super pumped. But um, again, man, hey, this has been awesome. This has been great having you back on and it's great yeah, to- thanks
1: for having me back. I reconnect.
0: love conversation. Absolutely, man. So uh, the best place for people to go and uh, consume the content that you're putting out, what's the best place to uh, to send people?
1: Yeah. Look me up at fatburningman.com for the mm-hmm. podcast and health stuff. And then James, com for the other goofy stuff.
0: Awesome, man. Good. Well, again, uh, appreciate the time. Always great connecting with you, brother. Appreciate it.
1: Likewise. Thanks again.
0: Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back again with another one soon. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you came away with great stories and insights that you can use to create more strength and success in your life. Remember now for a time, you can grab a free copy of the One Day Strength Challenge, the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training along with the skill of intuition to help you create, design, and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule. Just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com and grab your free copy today. It's your life. Make it the strongest possible. Catch you guys later.